Well, do you ever find yourself facing a problem and you're not sure how you ever get past it? Anybody in here ever face those things, right? Um, Obviously, we all do. That's why we're here, right? It's why we we came seeking, we came searching for something that that will change our lives, something that will make a difference. Uh, I know for me personally, as I began to to go to church, that there were several things that I didn't know how to change in my life. There were things that I wanted to do different, and and this was the place that I thought I would find answers. And so we want to create a culture where that's welcome. Well, tonight... What we're going to do is we're going to specifically look at, at Cedar Point Recovery as a ministry. We're going to look at recovery just for ourselves. What does that mean personally? So as an organization, as a ministry, but as our personal walks, that, that how can this help us? What can this do? Why does this exist? So tonight, I want us to look at the heart behind this and our desire for those of you showing up. And I've got news for you. I have an agenda for every single one of you when you show up. A part of that's to love on you to be good, but there's some other things that I wanna talk about that's my desire when you walk through these doors that, that it, I hope it's with purpose that you show up here week after week. And so we're gonna talk about that tonight, what we want you to get out of this. And so as we push, ask me about my recovery. I want us to all move forward with, with understanding of what recovery is as a ministry and our desire for you. Because as we grow, as we grow, as we get bigger, we kind of risk losing a culture that, that we've made something here that we can continue to grow, we can continue to get bigger and hold on to it. And, and there's this too, that, that as it gets bigger, I don't want you guys to feel lost or unloved or, or unnoticed that as we continue to fill seats, I want you to know that, that you're, you're a part of everything that's going on. And I want, to know, I want you to know your place and your purpose in all of this as we continue to move forward. And so tonight's message is titled this, what about recovery? Because if we're asking about recovery. What, what about it? What does it mean to, to me? What does it mean to you? What does it mean to us? And I want us to all walk away with answers to a few questions. And there's this, why do we exist? Who are we? And what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Why do you show up on a Monday night when, when you could be at home with, with your family with your kids, you could be watching a movie. I mean, there's, there's any number of things that you could choose to do, but, but what are you doing here? What is the purpose behind this? And I think it's important that, that we begin to grasp that vision as we move forward so that this doesn't just become another event. This doesn't become another place to go, that, that it has a, a special place in our heart as we continue just to drive forward and move forward. And so there's a couple things that we're not. Um, I want to talk about some things that we're not. As many of you may know, we're unique here. The thing that we do here is unique. This is not a celebrate recovery. It's not a 12-step. It's not an NA. It's not an AA. That's not what we are. And so because of that, there's some things that we do different. I got news for you. I may take your picture and I may put it online. And that's not to shame you or guilt you. It's because I want to create a culture here where we're not ashamed that we have struggles. We're not ashamed that we're searching and seeking life change through Jesus, that that's something that we should be proud about and show people about. Because when we share our stories, when we share the things that we're going through, it draws other people in. It draws other people in. And it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to expose the things on the inside that that maybe make us cringe a little bit because those are the things that God used to reach people out there. And so we're not going to have that culture of anonymity here. That's not what we're going to do. We're going to be open about what's taking place so we can draw more people in, so more people can encounter something significant, and so we can journey together. Because if we show up in secret, nothing about that says family. Nothing about that says I'm going to be with you when times get hard. But when we're open about it, when we're together in this room, in this way, 
It says something about who we are, who we serve, and where we're going. And so we're going to talk about the things that we're not, because in order to talk about the things that we are and where we're going. And so again, we're not Celebrate Recovery. We're not NA. We're not AA. We're not anonymous here. We want to celebrate that we're doing something unique. And so we are different. We are unique. We are our own thing. And so what about recovery again? Why does it exist? And first and foremost, we exist to be the church. We exist to be the church. Uh, I've had a lot of people tell me, hey, Pastor Aaron, just the thing that you, you guys have been building here, it's, it's really great, but don't you think it looks an awful lot like a church service? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, that's my goal. And so if you come to me, if you, you've been somebody who said that and you thought it would cause me to pull back, it causes me to lean in. You, you've helped push us farther in that direction because if it's not what you're looking for, there's plenty of other things out there, but this is what I know, that in order for us to be changed, for, in order for us to be set free, to have our stories change, it requires Jesus to be at the center. And so we're gonna unapologetically pursue him in everything that we do. And this is gonna be like a church service because that's the only way that you'll get free. There's a thing that I've noticed about people that journey in other recovery programs. 25 years down the road, they're still addicts. I've got news for you. I've been set free from that. I haven't struggled in addiction in over five years because God has set me free from that. I don't go home in the middle of things and say, I should have a drink. No, because I've made Jesus the center of my recovery. There's never a moment in my life where I wanna go back to that because I know that he set me free from and I can walk in that freedom. And so we're gonna continue to push that forward in everything we do. So we exist to be the church. This intentionally looks like a church service because that's who we are. That's who we serve. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing here. And so again, what about recovery? We exist to be the church. As an organization, we are the church. Personally, this is what we believe. Recovery is all about overcoming our struggles and pushing past our limitations. When we talk about why does recovery exist, recovery exists for this, so that you can overcome your struggles and so you can push past your limitations. That's what we want you to do. It's not all about addiction. It's about any stronghold, any struggle in your life that if you show up, if you know somebody that needs to show up, you don't need to be an addict. That, that's not what we're here for. We're for anybody that wants to change something about their life for the better and they wanna center it around God. They wanna make God the center because they know that's where they're gonna find freedom. And so again, recovery, this exists to be all about overcoming our struggles and pushing past our limitations. And we do this through a relationship with Jesus and a relationship with his people. And that's why we're not anonymous. That's why we'll never be anonymous because we wanna journey together in everything we do because that's what God's called us to. He's called us to relationship with him and relationship with his people, the church. And so we exist to be the church. And in order to do that, we need to be the church, which is a community of like-minded believers, people pursuing something different in everything. And so we exist to be that. Who are we? We are the church, but more specifically, so when we talk about that, we are the church, but more specifically, we're Cedar Point. But this is not another church. This is not an organ, another organization. This is not something that's different, that, that we have the same agenda as the place on Sunday morning. In fact, to, have, to, to be real honest with you, this is built to be a doorway to Sunday. My ultimate goal is to grow this. My goal beyond that is for you guys to find your way into a Sunday morning service, to get connected to what we do. That, that's my ultimate goal for you to, to be a part of what takes place because this is not gonna be enough to carry you through forever. It, it's not. I hope you're a part of this forever. I really do. And even if you get healthy, I hope you're a part of this so that you can help us get others healthy. 
But, but long term, you have to get planted. You've got to begin to grow at a church. And so we are the church, but we are a church. We are Cedar Point. Even though we're meeting on Mondays, we're a part of that. And so we share the same heart. We share the same vision. And that's a lot of what we're going to talk about tonight is what is that vision? What does that look like? And so we share the same heart and vision. And so that means this, that we want to be relentlessly good to our community, that, that we want to be relentless. We want to be good to you guys. I, I, and I want you guys to be good to people out there. That, that whether we show up on a fellowship, you know, we spend a lot of money on food, feeding everybody. And that's because we want to love you. We want to be good to you. That, that's the purpose behind that, that. That if we can take one meal off of your plate a week in a month where a single mother doesn't have to, to feed her kids that night, that's part of our vision here because that's part of the vision of the church. We wanna be good to you as a parent. That, that I know this, that there are other places that you could be on a Monday and if we could take something off your plate as you show up and you just get a free meal, that's a win for us because it's a win for you because it's something good for you. And so we wanna be relentlessly good to the people around us. And then this, we wanna be a story changing place that, that we want you to show up with all of your mess all of your brokenness. I don't want anybody to ever feel like they have to wait to walk through these doors. I want them to walk through however they are so that they can be changed, so that they can encounter Jesus. The first time I showed up to church, I was drunk. And if your story is you show up drunk for the first time, praise God that you walk through these doors because I know the end game. I know the end game that when you give in, when you feel welcome, when you feel loved, and when nobody turns you away in that state, that, that you can have your story changed. So we want to be relentlessly good to you, and we want you to, to encounter Jesus so that, that your past can stay your past and you can have a new future, a new story as God continues to change you and transform you into who he's called and created you to be. But more, more than that, this is, this, is our, this is our win. This is our vision. This is what we wanna do in recovery more than anything, that we exist first and foremost to introduce people to a real relationship with Jesus. That, that's my primary agenda with everyone that comes in here whether you're far from God, whether you've never known God, whether you've never met God, I don't care who you are because I am 100% confident that that will change your life forever because I've had my life change forever. And so that, that's our primary thing. Beyond that, we want you to be connected in groups. I want you to be connected in this group. I want you to be connected in Sunday groups. I want you to be connected serving. I want you to get plugged in. That's part of our vision, that you would get connected in a life group. Why? Because that's how we continue to grow and continue to journey. That's part of our, our, our vision here because we're Cedar Point. And then lastly, I want you guys to know that you were created for a purpose, that, that God's gifted you with something, that he has a mission for you. And it requires us to discover why he's created us, how he's gifted us, and then to begin using that, serving. The thing that's grown me most in my life was setting aside my own agenda and serving other people around me and just being good to them. That's the thing that's grown me the most. And so tonight, we're gonna really focus on those three. And, and I want you to really lean into what we're talking about. If it's not abundantly clear by now, I'm incredibly passionate about this because these are the three things that, that changed my life. That if you were here last week and you heard my story, it was these three things that God used to reshape and transform everything about me to where I'm unrecognizable from the person I was just a few years ago. And, and I want the same thing for every person that walks through our doors because if it happened to me, I know it can happen to you. I'm not special. In fact, I'm pretty stupid half the time. So again, I mean, it can happen to me, it can happen to anybody. And so we wanna really focus on that. And so point number one is this. <laughs> My wife's laughing because she knows it's true. Point number one is this. <laughs> Recovery exists 
for the lost and the broken. Recovery exists for the lost and for the broken. And so again, when we talk about recovery, I'm talking about two things here. Anytime you see this word tonight, I'm talking about Cedar Point Recovery as a ministry, but I'm talking about the journey of recovery that you take personally, the, the thing that you go through. And so I know that's kind of double-sided and it may be hard to, to view something from two vantage points at the same time, but, but I want you to endeavor to do that. And so recovery, this exists for the lost and broken and God's journey of recovery exists for the lost and broken. And so when I first read something like this, uh, the very first question I have for myself is, is who are the lost and broken? Because surely that's not us, right? That's not us. Um, but I'm going to let Jesus kind of show us who, who the lost and broken is. And so I'm going to be reading through Mark a little bit. Um, don't throw up the verse yet until I get there, please. Um, but Mark 2, 13 through 14, um, it's, um, this is uh, in the Gospel of Mark. And so we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are the Gospels. And so those tell us about the life and the ministry of Jesus. That's what our New Testament starts with. And so the Gospel of Mark here in verse, or chapter 2, verse 13 through 14 said, Then Jesus went out to the lake shore again and taught the crowds that were coming to him. And so here Jesus is, he's doing his thing. So about 30 years old, he began his ministry and he began to grow his church. That, that's a body of believers. The word for that's actually, actually ecclesia, which just means like a gathering of like-minded people. It's more of a military term. And so that's what Jesus was growing. And so this is what he's doing. He's teaching the crowds as he's beginning this. And says, as he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at his tax collector's booth. And so Levi here, he goes by another name that you guys are probably more familiar with. It's Matthew. And so we have the gospel of Matthew. Matthew, our very first book of our New Testament was written by this guy, Levi, son of Alphaeus. Now, Levi or Matthew is a tax collector. Tax collectors in Jesus's time were like the center of sinners. Like they were dirt bags. They robbed people for a living. And the way they did this is because they got the Roman authority on their side. The way they made their money is that you had to pay taxes a lot like we have to do today. And so they were kind of like an IRS agent, but they didn't have a salary. Their salary was like, if you owed $100 in taxes, they're going to charge you 120. They're going to keep the 20, give the Romans 100. And so they betrayed their countrymen because they were Jews who were betraying their people. And then on top of that, they were robbing them to, to enrich their lives and get wealthy. And so not good people, incredibly despised by, by everybody that would have encountered them that weren't other tax collectors, basically. And so again, Jesus sees this man, Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at his tax collector's booth. And so Jesus walked up and shunned him, totally turned away from him. It's like, man, I got no time for you because you're, you're, too, you're too messed up. You're too lost and broken. No, not at all. Jesus looks at him and this is what he says. He says, follow me. Say, follow me. Follow me. Jesus looks at like the bottom of the rung here. Like, like think of somebody you know in the community or a type of person in the community that you're like, they're too far from God. They're too lost. They're too broken. They could never be saved. They could never be transformed. That that's just who they are forever. That's Levi or Matthew, son of Alphaeus, sitting at his tax collector's booth. And Jesus didn't walk by him and say, I have no time for you. And Jesus looked at him and he said, follow me. So when we talk about recovery being for the lost and the broken, this is Jesus looking at this man. And maybe you've been that man. I've been that man. 
I've been Levi sitting at my tax collector booth where I showed up to family events and my grandma hit her purse for me so I wouldn't rob her. I've been that guy. I've been Levi. Jesus looked at me and said, Aaron, follow me. We exist for the lost and the broken. And he goes on, and be my disciple. A disciple is a disciplined follower. Follow me. Not so you can be trapped in rules, not so you can be trapped in regulations, but he says, follow me so I can show you a better life, so I can give you something better than you're living now, so you're no longer at the bottom rung, so you can, you can be my disciple, you can be my friend, you can be my follower, you can experience who I've created you to be. That's the call that Jesus has for all of our lives, for the lost and the broken. He says, follow me, be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up, and followed him because we all have that decision, that choice to make. And it goes on, it says, later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests. And this is where Jesus totally drew the line. He's like, hey, listen, bro, you can follow me, but I'm not, I'm not gonna spend time with you and your friends over there. Um, I, I don't got no time for that. I'm a part of the church. I didn't know if you knew this, Levi, but I'm a priest. I'm a bit of a big deal. I don't have time for you. Um, and so he totally turned him down. Not at all, because that's not the God that we serve, right? We, this exists for the lost and broken. Jesus came for the lost and broken. And so Levi invited him over to be his dinner guest, along with many tax collectors. So many more dirt bags in their culture. It's like, Levi's like, I got a whole room full of messed up, broken people. Jesus, come hang out. And then other disreputable sinners, other people that were dirt bags, that were lost and broken and far from God. And like, hey, Jesus, come hang out with me. Come be our dinner guest. Come show up. Come show up. There were many people of this. I love this part. There were many people of this kind among Jesus's followers. There was many lost and broken people. That's who Jesus came for. That's, that's his purpose. That, that was it to encounter the lost and the broken and to begin to change their story, to begin to change their lives. And so Jesus was invited to hang out with those people. You know what that tells me? Jesus didn't shun them. He wasn't a jerk. He extended invitations to them to be with them, not to live their lifestyle, not to be like them, but to be a light in their world, to love on them. And Jesus was friendly with them and extended love and grace and that, that's why we exist. We exist for the lost and the broken to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We exist for the lost and broken because we're lost and broken. We need a place to show up and to be with Jesus and to be with Jesus's people so we can be changed. That's the purpose behind this. And that was the purpose behind his invitation to Matthew in the first place. And so there were many disreputable sinners there. But when the teachers of religious law, who were the Pharisees, saw him eating with the tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with such scum? Why does he eat with such scum? I don't know if you guys have ever shown up here and, and people have shamed you. What are you doing at a church? You're not like them. You can never be like them. You're not good enough. Part of my story before coming here, I, I encountered a church that that, that, was, that was the way I was approached, that I wanted to do something. I wanted to serve in a significant way. And, and I was told this, you're not good enough. That, that where you're at right now, you need to change these things. And then we would, we would love for you to be a part of what we're doing. We would love for you to be a part of what we're doing. And, and so they totally missed what Jesus came to do and how Jesus came to do it. He said, come to me, be a part of what I'm doing. Let's sit down, let's have a meal together. 
Not, not so we can all be lost in sin, but so we can show you a different way so that we can love. That's what we exist for the lost and broken. And so again, if, if that's your story, if you're in here and you lost a bet, you walked into the wrong door, man, you, you thought we were doing something else in here and you're wondering what you, you got yourself into, I hope that you don't feel shame or guilt. We're here for you. I've been in your seat. I've been where you're at. Lean into it and, and know that you, you've, you can't do anything to keep God from loving you. You can't do enough to make him not want to spend time with you and be in relationship with you. That recovery is all about leaning into him and seeking him because he's seeking you. He wants to be with you. He wants to be with you. And Mark 2, 17, as we finish up these passages, it says this, when Jesus heard this, he told them, Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they're righteous. I like that, think they're righteous. And I think it's worded in such a way because there's no righteous people out there. There's not a single person in our community that's, that's not lost and broken. There's not a single one of us out there that doesn't have something that we're dealing with that's broken, that causes us to have distance between God and us, that, that we're all journeying, that we're all trying to do better and be better. And so Je Jesus didn't come for those that think they don't need him, that really do. Jesus came for those who know they're sinners, those who know they're lost and broken, those that know they need an encounter with him so that their stories can be changed, that recovery exists because Jesus showed up for us, for the lost and the broken, the far from God that can't do it on our own. I couldn't get sober on my own. I needed a doctor. I needed Jesus to journey with me and to walk me through it. There's broken places in my wife's past that she couldn't get through on her own. She needed God. God to show up and she needed to recognize that she needed to journey with him. We exist for that. We show up for that so we can continue to pursue who he's created and who he's called us to be. Again, recovery exists for the lost and for the broken. We exist for the lost and the broken. And my agenda here is for every single one of you to be introduced to a relationship with Jesus. Not to raise your hand and go no further, but for him to be your friend, for you to sit down and have a meal with him, an intimate relationship where he knows you and you know him, where you, you throw it all out there and you know you're a sinner so he can begin to work on you and change you. Not so you can encounter shame or guilt, but so you can be transformed, so you can be set free, so your story can be changed. Recovery exists for the lost and broken and my agenda here is that you would encounter Jesus in every area and every aspect of your life. And again, last week, if you were here, last week, if you were here, I shared my story with you. And I was, I was, I was brutally honest about where I've come from and things I've been through. It was incredibly PG because it's still church and there's things I can't say that I've done from the platform. It wouldn't be great, but we have personal conversations sometime. But, but I did that because I wanted... I wanted everybody to show up to know that it's okay to be vulnerable, that, that it's okay if your past doesn't look like somebody else's. I've struggled with that, that, that when I showed up, I mean, I, I was envious of the people who never made the mistakes I made. I was envious of people that, that, that took a different route into ministry than I took. And those are things that I've had to deal with, but I wanted to lay it all out there because it's important that we throw those things out, that, that we know that we're broken, that we don't pretend like we're righteous so God can work on it. And it's okay to be vulnerable with him and with us. 
We're family here. We're journeying together. It's okay to let each other know that we need a hand, that we need help, that we need prayer, that we need loved on, that we're struggling. Those things are okay. And so last week, that was my goal, to just put it all out there so that you guys would be encouraged, not just by my story, but by my honesty, so that you guys would do the same because I know this, that's how you'll heal. That's how you'll grow. That, that secrets, man, they kill us when we keep those things in the dark, that we've got to get it out in the light and just show everybody what's going on so that we know we're sinners, so that God can heal us and heal our broken places. And so when we talk about recovery, it's not limited to addiction. And when we talk about the lost and the broken, it's not limited to drug addicts. That recovery doesn't exist for only those who've used. We exist for every individual that's ever had a stronghold, that's ever had a struggle, that's ever had a roadblock or a speed bump or something that kept them from God. That's what this exists for. Those are the people we exist for. Those who recognize that without Jesus, they'll never get it together. And those that wanna lean in so that their stories can be changed. And so point number one, again, recovery exists for the lost and the broken. And we believe that part of that includes getting people connected to life groups. And so point number two is this, staying connected grows us in our recovery. Staying connected grows us in our recovery. Um, if you attend Sunday services, and again, that's part of my agenda that you do. So if you don't, you should. We've got services at 902, 1032, 1202. It's great. I know you guys have heard me open with for over a year about going to Sunday. And it's not just because my boss has asked me to do that. It, actually, he didn't have to. I believe in it so much that, that that's something I push because that's where lives are changed is when we come together. And so again, I, I encourage you to be a part of our Sunday services. But if you, if you were there a couple weeks ago, Rick shared, um, he started a new series called The Challenge and he's challenging people to show up. He shared this verse. Um, I wanna steal it tonight for just a second. It's Hebrews 10, 25. And it says this, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now, that the day of his return is drawing near. Um, and, and so I wanna share that because it, it's so important that, that we don't become indifferent, whether it's this Monday service or a Sunday service, that, that, that the enemy wants us to neglect that, to be indifferent about it, because he knows this, that when we connect, that we grow. And it's not just these services that we need to connect in. It's any opportunity to fellowship with the people here in this body because, because we're meant to be in unity. We're meant to be like-minded. That the people that show up in this room, you know the thing we all have in common. We, we've recognized that we have something in our life that we need to change. These are all people to journey with, to grow with. And so again, let us not neglect the meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And so staying connected, it grows us in our personal recovery. It grows us in our personal recovery. Believe it or not, it grows this too. And not just because more people are showing up, but it does something significant. So I want to do two things on this. Again, as we look at these, I'm talking about two things. I'm talking about your personal recovery journey. And I'm talking about this ministry that, that God's giving us, that, that he's allowed us to steward what we're doing here. And so I'm going to start with this, that, that staying connected grows us in recovery. It grows this ministry. And I want to share with you from Acts um, chapter 2, verse 42. And it says this, all the believers... Well, let me back up a second. So Acts, 
If you don't know what the book of Acts is, so you've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are the gospels. And then you go into the book of Acts. The book of Acts is, is after Jesus. He was crucified. He was buried. He was resurrected. Spent about 40 days with his disciples. And then he ascended. He went back up into heaven. But before he went back up, he gave them, um, he gave them a job to do. He said, go down to all the world, make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He said, go and make my church, my ecclesia. Bring, bring people together that are united by this foundational truth that Jesus is Lord, that he came, lived, and died so that we could be saved and forgiven. He said, go and do that. Acts is the story of the disciples becoming apostles and going out and beginning to do that. that that's what they're doing here. And so Acts chapter two, verse 42 says this, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. And so they're going to church, they're hanging out, they're, they're growing together. They're doing things like this where, man, we're sharpening each other, that, that we're challenging each other, that we're pushing forward. That's what they're doing here. And to sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper. Man, that's our first Monday that the Bendabouts offer us and, and reads. And I mean, that's, that's where we get to come together, break bread. Third Monday, we have to come together, have pizza, fellowship. Those things are important because they're biblical. That's why we want to feed you guys. It's such a great thing. But then he goes on, and to prayer. And then continuing in verse 43, it says this, a deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And so as they're doing these things, as they're coming together, something begins to be stirred up inside of them. They sold their property, their possessions and shared the money with those in need. They were relentlessly good to the people around him, that they were bought into that, that we're gonna be good to those who show up. And then they worshiped together at the temple each day. They met, um, they met in the homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. And so they're showing up, they're fellowshipping, they're bought into everything. And I love this in verse 47, it says this, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, say each day, and each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. That, that as we show up, as we get connected, as we do those things, that it's biblical to come share a meal out here. Like, that's important. It's important. I mean, it's good just for us, right? In, on the inside, it's good for us spiritually. That when we show up here and we pray together, we grow together, we do this, it, it's, it's biblical, it's good. It grows us and it grows the work of God here. That by just showing up, that, that you create this sense of, of, of intrigue to people out there. They, they drive by and they wanna know why on a Monday night at 7 p.m. the church parking lot's full. People are showing up for that reason, that you guys were a part of the work of God because you parked a car in a parking lot on a Monday night and you were faithful to come here for you without inviting somebody. You created a buzz in our community that something's going on at Cedar Point. Monday's at seven. I wanna go check that out and be a part of it, that, that when we come together, when we do these things, when we're faithful, people notice it and they're drawn into it and God adds to our numbers daily those who are being saved, that, that it's important important, that, that getting connected, staying connected grows recovery. It grows this. It grows this work of God, but it grows this personally too. And so being connected and showing up contributes to the work of God that's taking place. It does. It's important to invite people, but just being here makes a difference. It does something. And so being connected and showing up contributes to the work that, that, God, that God's doing in you too. 
that there's a personal thing about it. And so I wanna share with you guys out of Romans in just a second. Romans was written by the Apostle Paul. I love the Apostle Paul because um, he was a terrible person, had a terrible past, um, and God transformed him to where he was unrecognizable and, and I can relate to that. I like that. And so um, Paul was used by God in such an incredible way. And it's just always blowing my mind that there's certain people out there to be like, ah, man, your past is too sketchy. God can't use you. Um, When Paul like murdered people and then wrote two thirds of our New Testament. Um, And so, man, great, great, great testimony that Paul has. Um, But in Romans, um, I love this. In Romans uh, chapter one, verse 10, it says, one of the things... I always pray for, the, uh, for is the opportunity, God willing, to come see you at last. And so um, Paul had written this letter. And so in this letter, it was written to a church in Rome and, and to an individual here. He said, and one of the things I always pray is the opportunity, God willing, to come see you, to come fellowship, to, for us to, to interact physically. That, that was important, that, that Facebook isn't enough. That, that I get if your only option is to stream this, I, okay, but, but that's not enough. That reaching out to people just through messenger is not enough. That, that there's something significant that takes place when one-on-one we interact physically, that, that we can touch each other and feel each other, hug each other and be with each other in that, that capacity that something takes place. And so Paul says, one of the things I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come see you last. For I long to visit you so, so I can bring you some spiritual gift. That, that Paul couldn't do that. That, that through, through distance, it wasn't enough. That, that when we talk about iron, iron sharpening iron as a friend sharpens a friend, that, 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 that needs to be us together. That there's things we impart on each other. There's ways that we challenge each other. There's ways that we grow each other when we show up in these settings, when we show up in life groups, when we show up on Sunday. And there's nothing that can replace that in our lives, that we need to be together. And so Paul says, man, I pray God willing to come see you so I can, I can share some spiritual gift with you that will help you grow strong. Say grow strong help you grow strong in the Lord, that that Paul's heart here was was to lift them up so that they could be better, so that they could grow strong in the Lord. It continues, when we get together, I want to encourage you, say encourage you. I want to encourage you in your faith that that even if you're not doing exactly what you need to be doing, that, that I want this to be a place where you're encouraged, where you show up. I hope that that if not me, that somebody imparts some spiritual gift in your life when you show up here. And that may be through the form of, of a hug when you needed a hug. It may be a prayer when you need a prayer. It may be somebody saying, man, I'm glad to see you when you feel like you're useless and unnoticed in life, that I hope somebody imparts something to you because you showed up here and they're just good to you so you can grow strong in the Lord and <laughs> encourage you in your faith. But I also want to be encouraged by, your, by you. I want to be encouraged by yours. When we get together, I want to encourage you, but I also want to be encouraged that that there's an exchange that takes place in settings like this, but we've got to show up. We've got to be a part of it. And when we show up in this, we grow, we grow. So staying connected, again, point number two, staying connected grows us in our recovery and our heart for you here because we're a part of Cedar Point. Because we're the same. It's for you to get connected in a life group. 
to be a part of, of, of a, a group of believers, to be a part of recovery. We have our step studies that we do. It's, that, that's one of our life groups that, that talk to anybody that's had the opportunity to journey through that or is going through that. That's one of the ways that we journey with you. So here in a few months, when we start up again, that, that's an opportunity for you to connect with part of the vision here and experience the things that change your story. You can do that. That We have life group semesters here at the church where we start in the spring, the summer, the fall, where you can find a group of people and get connected with them. And if you're not finding the right group of people, be the people. Be the person, lead the group, but grow together because getting connected grows us. Again, staying connected grows us in our recovery as a ministry and as individuals. But we want you to come full circle here. You hear me say that from time to time from the platform. And it's when we begin to serve, when we discover our purpose, we, be, uh, we come full circle in our recovery. And so point number three is this, discovering our purpose keeps us in our recovery. Again, discovering our purpose keeps us in our recovery. Um, you know, I started serving after a few years of being here way before um, I, was, I was sober or living the kind of life that, that I live now. Not that my life's perfect now, but um, in stark contrast to where my life used to be, it's pretty dang good. Um, and I'll be honest, that there was times where I didn't get like really, really annihilated on a Saturday because I needed to show up to church on Sunday and serve. Like it was one of those things that, that challenged me. Now, I hope that's not you, but it's just funny how, how God began to use something in my life personally that begin to make me, you know, look at my life like, all right, maybe I shouldn't get really drunk on Saturday night and maybe I should go to church on Sunday because I was committed here. I loved this. I loved what, what I was a part of here. Before I fully understood the gospel, before I fully understood my relationship with Jesus, God used people, some of you in this room, that, that I had a relationship with. And so I wanted to be, I wanted to be here with people. And to be a part of this. And so being connected grew me in my recovery. But as I discovered my purpose, as I began to serve, man, it challenged me to stay in it. It created accountability in my life. That, that serving, that, that I had a job to do. That, that there was people that depended on me. That there was things that I was doing out there that, again, it challenged me that I can't skip. If I'm real hungover on Sunday morning, I got to be there. I don't want that. Then they challenged me to be a part of it. Now, again, I hope that's not your story. Hopefully, you're farther along than I was. But, but if you're not, it's a thing. But, but beyond that, but beyond that, God's created us for this. He's created us to give back. He's created us to love people. And you're not experiencing the fullness of God until you're leaned in completely and serving and a part of what's taking place here. And so God has a purpose for your life. And every single one of us is gifted to carry it out. It's gifted to carry it out. It's funny, like, I never envisioned this for me. And I never would have done anything like this had I not stepped into what God had for me. I, first off, I mean, you go back far enough, I didn't like people. Probably some of you in this room I didn't like. Um, <laughs> probably some of you didn't like me. I mean, that was me far from God, just being real with everybody. But as I stepped into God, I was like, I love people. I mean, it was just like this light bulb and just stepping into that and it kept me connected and it kept me grounded. And, and then I realized, I mean, God's got something for me and I get to experience a completely different life than I ever would have. And, and I thought for so long that, that God wanted 
to punish me somehow for all the wrong that I've done. And serving with three-year-olds or doing something like that was my punishment. I really thought it was. But it's when we fully experience God's call on our life that, that we, we grow in our recovery and we stay in our recovery and we get to experience who God would have us to be. First Peter 4.10 says this, God has given each of you, say each of you, each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Use them well to serve one another. So part of our vision here is for you to discover this, this right here, that, that you're gifted, that you're called. It may not be called to what I'm doing. It may be. But you're called to something. You're called to, to glorify God with the things that you do. And, and as you discover that, it helps you to stay in your recovery. That, that until you're, you're fully in, you've left the door open for the enemy to, to pull you away and to make you believe lies again and, and to draw you away from the people here that we've got to be fully committed to the things of God, which this is part of, discovering that gift and using it to serve the people around you. As we close, I want to share with you um, from Mark. Um, and I love this. I love this, and, and I've never heard this verse taught this way, but as I was, as I was studying for this message, um, it was one of those things that personally really popped out to me. And it, if you've been in the church a long time, you may hear it and be like, yeah, that's how it's always taught. I wasn't in the church a long time, so get off my back. Um, Mark eight thirty four through 35, um, this is Jesus speaking again. He says, then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, he said this, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Say, say own way. Amen. You must give up your own way and take up your cross and follow me. And so there was times when I read this that, that I thought this was some type of like penance or punishment that, that man, in order for me to follow God, that I've got to really just be hard on myself, that there's this, there's this burden that I got to carry. It, and there may be elements of that. I, not that God wants to punish you, but it's not always easy. But there's something here that I missed right before that you must give up your own way. You must give up your own way. Because often we get off track because we're not serving God's purpose. We're serving our own. That, that when I was struggling in alcoholism, that was my will that I was pursuing. It wasn't God's. That, that when I mistreat my wife and I'm angry with my children, that, that's me setting God's cross down and, and putting all the burdens on me and pursuing my will, that I'm no longer pursuing God's will anymore, that, that I'm no longer pursuing God's purpose, that, that I've set aside my giftings or worse, worse than that, I'm using the gifts that God gave me to satisfy myself instead of him. And, and when we get out of alignment that way, when, when we take the things that God's given us and we use them just to, to, to self-indulge and to satisfy us. That's what causes us to get trapped in addiction. That's what causes us to get trapped in adulterous relationships. That's what causes stress and burden to our relationships around us. And it's what causes us to fail. It's because we've, we've set down the will of God and we've picked up our own will and we've used the things that God's given us to self-indulge and to pursue things. And if we wanna come full circle in our recovery, it's, it's making that realization that, that God didn't give this to me for me. God didn't gift me this way for me, that, that he's given me a spiritual gift to serve the people around me. And it's not as a punishment. 
It's for fulfillment of God's call. And when we experience the fulfillment of God's call, we experience the fullness of God in our lives. We've come full circle. We're changed drastically and radically. I've said it a hundred times that the thing that God used to really solidify the foundational truths in my life was serving people around me, was, was giving back for the very first time and changing my mindset and, and really trying to love the people around me. And then, so again, when we're reading this, it says, if you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way. You must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. And at the end, it says, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you pick up his purpose, if you pick up his purpose, his calling, you pursue his giftings for his reasons, if you do that for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And we try so hard, grasping at straws, to hang on to what we want to do. And all the while, we're drowning. We reach for our self-indulgence to do what makes us happy, or at least what we think makes us happy. And it's killing us because we're holding on to our life. We're holding on to our plan. We're trying to do things God's or our way instead of God's way. But, but when we take up our cross, when we take up his way, instead of losing our lives, we gain it. We gain so much more. We get, begin to truly live. We begin to truly experience everything that he has for us, all of his love, all of his grace, all of his mercy, all of his goodness. Times may be hard. At times you may struggle, but it's a hundred times better than what you walk away from. I would take this 10,000 times over what I was doing and more. And as I've taken up my cross and endeavored to do the right thing and follow him, I've experienced something in my life that that I never thought was possible. I've become somebody I never dreamed I could become. And again, I'm not perfect, but, but what I've experienced is so much better than my way. And so as I stand up here and share that, that I want you to be introduced to Jesus and to have that relationship with him. I want you to be connected in groups and I want you to, to find your purpose, your gifting, your calling and serve so you can come full circle and what God has for you and experience it all because it's so much better than what we desperately try to hold on to. So tonight, so we recap a couple things. Again, recovery exists for the lost and the broken. That this exists for us because we're lost and broken and we need to make room for more lost and broken people. We need to be relentlessly good to them, love on them. That's why we're here. We exist for the lost and the broken. Number two, staying connected grows us in our recovery. Find a group, find a study, stay after service. We have men's and women's groups that meet. It helps you. It's when we distance ourselves from things like this and from the things of God that we fail, that we fall, that we get off track and we slip back into the life that we stepped away from. Staying connected grows us in our recovery. Number three, discovering our purpose, it keeps us there. And when we come full circle, we're, we're able to become who God's called us to be and it keeps us healthy. It keeps us pursuing God. That as I stepped into my call and my purpose, I have a hunger and a desire to please God in it and it makes me strive after him more and more each day. And so tonight, as we, as we close again, our action steps are this. Number one, memorize the wins of the church. 
Cedar Point Recovery is Cedar Point Church. And, and know this, that our goal, our win for you and for people you invite here is for them to be introduced to a real relationship with Jesus, to get connected into a life group and for them to discover their purpose and to begin serving. That, that that's what we exist for. And so begin to memorize that so that you know what we want you to show up and experience. That's for you. That's our goal for you. And when you've experienced it, that should be your goal for somebody else that, that, so they can experience the same. Number two, invite somebody to attend with you and pray that they do. Pray that they do, that this grows through invitation. And so invite, encourage, pick up the cards out there. Let's fill these seats. Let's fill these seats so that people's stories can be changed. And number three, share your story with somebody who could be encouraged by what God's doing in your life. Don't hide it. Don't keep it a secret. Allow people to know. Allow people to know that you show up here. Check in here. Take a picture. Tag us in it. I mean, for real, because it's one of those things. It's not for us. It's for the people out there that have yet to discover that there's another way, that there's something different. That's the purpose behind it. Share a message. And it's not so I can have a tons of views and likes. Again, it's for the lost and the broken. The reason we exist, because the more we get it out there, the, the, the more opportunity we have to, for somebody to be impacted by what God's doing. That's the heart behind it. That's the vision. And so as we, as we close tonight, I mean, everything I talk about, again, it starts with Jesus. My story began to change with Jesus. And so if you're in here tonight, if you're in here tonight and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, that is, that is my primary concern for you. That, that's the best decision you could ever make. And so I would encourage you tonight, if that's you, that here in just a moment when we close, we're gonna have our team up front and they would love to pray with you and for you so you can make that decision. So you can ask him into your heart so that your story can be changed. So you can start to pursue something different. And so if you're in here tonight, man, I encourage you that God's beginning to nudge you, to, to poke you, to prod you, to, to make it heavy on your heart. Maybe tonight's the night that you make that decision to live differently, to live for him. And then, Man, if you're in here and you've done that and you've gotten off track and you feel like you're far from God, remember, you can never be too far from God to come back home again. He'll never stop loving you. You're never too lost. You're never too broken. Jesus stopped at Levi's booth and said, come and follow me. So if you've gotten off track, tonight's tonight to come back, to recommit. And then lastly, and if there's just something on your heart that God said, man, it's time to lay it down. It's time to set it down. We have these white chips up here. Then begin to allow God to deal with the broken places of your life. There's a blank space. You can write down today's date. You can write down what it is. Whatever it is, this is between you and God. It's just a reminder. So you know that you've invited God to that dark corner, to that dark area, so that he can journey with you in every area, in every part of your life. And you can know that he's working on it with you, that you've partnered with him. And then lastly, if you're in here and you just need prayer, that this is a house of prayer that we, we wanna pray with you. We wanna pray for you. Whether it's to praise, maybe you've got something that you're excited about that God's doing, let's pray about that and thank God. Because our prayers aren't just for our problems, they're for recognizing that he's faithful. And then if you're in here tonight and, and you just need prayer, because man, you're struggling. Prayer's how we make God a part of our problems. And so again, we wanna pray with you for that. So for any of those things, whether to make Jesus Lord of your life for the first time, to recommit, to pick up a chip, or just to get prayer, that as we close tonight, we encourage you to come down and join us. If you guys could do me a favor right now, if you could stand to your feet as we close in worship.